This episode is brought to you by Canada Post. Custom solutions for complex problems brought to you by Canada's address experts. Visit them at canadapost.ca. It is time for this week in location-based marketing. This is episode number 74, and we're recording this live between Asif and I on Sunday, April 22nd. Today, we talk about Banjo hitting a million users, MasterCard launching their own daily deal service, Ditto being acquired by Groupon, and Square's insane valuation. Plus, special appearance by Yuri Engelstrom of Ditto. All this and more coming up right now. Welcome, everybody. My name is Rob Woodbridge, and to my whatever this is left, Mr. Asif Khan. Asif, welcome, buddy. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, you know, always, uh, you know, never a dull moment in location-based marketing. We did have a great event in Toronto uh, this week and talked all about data. And I, uh, you know, I, I do want to thank uh, our sponsors for this podcast and uh, also the sponsor for our event here in Toronto this past week, which is Canada Post. So thanks to them. And uh, and thanks to you. Sweet, sweet, sweet so. Canada Post. Uh, Seif, well, you know, I couldn't make it down there because as you, everybody knows, everybody in the world knows by now, I was in Albany and I saw my good friend, my now good friend, Bruce Springsteen. He crowd surfed right over yes. me, man. I, oh. Did you get the jacket or anything? Or no, no, I didn't, I didn't get anything. But I'll tell you one thing that I did get, which was a, um, I'm old. I realize that I'm old and it takes a couple of days to recover from something like that. I could, I, you know, I drove all the way down to Albany in a day, saw the show, drove back the next day, and then, boy, oh, boy, then it was Senator's fever here at the in Ottawa because the Senators are about to uh, knock off the number one seed at New York Rangers. So it's been a busy time. I'm sorry I missed, I missed your event. But uh, we're here to gotcha. bring the recap of the week that was in location-based marketing. Of course, you can find Asif at thelbma.com or at AsifArkhan on Twitter or, of course, at thelbma on Twitter. And, of course, you can find myself at untether.tv. Asif, can I take a moment here to make an announcement? Of right, course you just, can. We are about to launch uh, the actual website for our a great event called Untether Talks. It's going to be available at untethertalks.com. It's not ready yet. probably be ready by midweek where you can... Buy tickets to the event June 26th, 27th at, I tell you, at the Glen Gold Studio. We've got a great reception between the two days. It's a two-day event, obviously, between uh, the two days at the Steam Whistle uh, Pub or the Steam Whistle Brewery. And uh, we've got some great confirmed speakers. You're going to be able to find that information. I'm going to have a little bit more detail about that for our next episode uh, next week, episode number 75. But uh, check out later mm. on this week. Uh, untethertalks.com. Very, 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 very excited about this simply because it's been a long time coming and there's nothing like this in Canada. There's nothing like this around the world, I believe. So I'm really, really pumped about it. Untethered Talks. That's it. No more, no more publishing. No more. That's great, Rob. Excited for you. Excited for Untether. And, uh, you know, if you're in Canada, I encourage you to come to Toronto for that. And uh, I know Rob's got a great program and we'll learn more about yes, it. You will. All right, so, so what, let's say we dive into the week that is about that was um, in uh, this uh, location world that we live in, um, because uh, some great yeah. stories that came up out of this, and I'm sure that the conversation is going to be deep and long on, on a lot of these things, like our first story, which is AT&T partnering with Digby for, uh, I guess, a uh, clothing chain called Maurice's. Um, so I, I think we have the same question about this, but 
Why don't you dive into it, Yusif? Yeah, so, um, you know, my, my challenge with this is Maurice's is a, is a big clothing chain, 800 stores uh, in the U.S. The same company also owns Dress Barn. Um, you know, so this is, uh, you know, a fairly big uh, fashion retailer. You know, and I don't begrudge them. I think this is great that they're, you know, every retailer should be looking at, you know, how they're using location-based, you know, platforms to drive traffic into stores, engage consumers, sell more stuff. Uh, I, I think that's that's fantastic. What I'm questioning here is, you know, where where is AT and T going with this? I mean, they partnered with Digby. This is the first. Uh, Digby's got a platform called Local uh, Local Point. Uh, it's a mobile app platform. Uh, you know, it can do a bunch of things. It does some indoor location stuff. You can you know push deals. You can white label it, which is what they're doing here with Maurice's. Um, and again, I love the Digby platform. I think it's great. Uh, my my challenge is with AT and T because what does this mean? Like, what is their location strategy? Are they going now and saying? We've got a platform, you know, that we've licensed from Digby, and we can white label this for any retailer that wants it. And away you go. What does that mean for Shop Alerts, which is their, you know, placecast-based system, pushing deals, you know, for retailers over SMS? Are they going to do both? Are they dropping placecast? You know, what's happening? I got a lot of questions here. You've got more questions than answers, right? And it's the exact same thing for me is that, um, you know, this is a kind of a ho-hum story, except for what is AT&T doing in the middle of all of this? And and were they the broker that brought Digby and Maurice's together? Or I mean, so many questions. So if anybody's out there with AT&T that can clarify this, we'd love to have you on the show just for like a five-minute segment to talk yeah. about this because uh, we are confused. Is AT&T just a, here, this is going to sound terrible, but is, is AT&T just a location-based marketing whore? Is he cheating on everybody else? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but but in the press release I read, there's a guy named Chris Hill, Chris Hill, VP Advanced Mobility Solutions, AT and T Business and Home Solutions. Chris, <laughs> if you're if you're out there and you hear, you catch this podcast, give me a call this week or send me an email and let's talk about it. All right, because I, I do want clarity around this. I love, you know, I love the fact that you guys pushed out Shopper Alerts. You were the first carrier in the U.S. that did it. Um, you want some clarity around this Digby stuff um, and, and and just overall strategy. So, yeah, please do reach out. Yeah, and week. I wasn't calling you, Chris. I wasn't calling you a whore. All right? I just want to make sure that that's clear, right? Yeah. 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 Well, because we, we're just a little bit confused, that's all. So uh, we'd love some clarif clarification on that. And any, any of the listeners, uh, fine folks out there who are listening to this, please if you guys have any insight, we'd love to hear from you. Email a C for myself, a C at the LBMA.com or untetheredgmail.com or send it to both of us and let us know uh, if you know any of the uh, other scoop around that. Yeah. Second story. God, I love these names. A eh? Mojo Street, uh, Deccan Chargers. Uh, let's talk about this. This is a cricket team in India that is going so social, so location based marketing. Uh, I love this story, Asif. Yeah, I do too. We've talked about Mojo Street in the past uh, when they originally launched. So this is in India, as you pointed out, uh, Hyderabad uh, cricket-based uh, uh, team called the Deccan Chargers. And, you know, this is like what Foursquare should be doing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, these guys are out there. They've partnered with hundreds of retailers uh, in India. 
And, you know, these are, are brands and sponsors of the Deccan Chargers, teams that are behind them, you know, as a sports organization. And they've basically gamified the whole experience for fans. And, and so, so the, main, the main piece of this is, is that, you know, you go, you go about your daily business, you're checking into places, uh, you know, these, these hundred different stores uh, in India that are partnered with the Chargers. And um, as you go about and, you know, you get deals and you get special offers and all the usual stuff that you get in, in location-based stuff, if you check into the um, sort of maximum uh, number of partner locations, so they've set this threshold, and if you hit that threshold, you get to virtually own the team. You get to be a virtual owner of the uh, of the cricket team, and you get to go hang out in the owner's lounge and watch the games. I mean, that's pretty cool. That is very I mean, cool. Yeah. Well, what what I like what I like about this very much is is um, it's a company that has brought their partners together. So uh, you know, it's one thing to support yeah. a team or a franchise like this, but it's another thing for them to be able to drive traffic. This is really like this is the great thing about mobile and location is that you can influence people to go to these. One, you know, it's not just about putting a, a you know an advertisement on your on your jersey or yes. on on the stadium. It's about rewarding them for repeat return visits, right? To, to those locations and, and that's what exactly. I exactly it, it's it's about building loyalty right that's an easier way to say it I suppose yeah building building loyalty I'm a word guy a thief just cuts right to the chase I could have I could have yeah that could have been nine thousand words <laughs> but it is his loyalty so right. I'm I'm with you I like I like this play I I uh, I think that um, there's a reason that we follow these these players and and most of the people have been focused on you know I, I'm a Yankees fan let the barrage begin. Uh, I'm a Yankees fan, uh, and but when um, y you know I follow guys like Nick Swisher, who's very at least he beat the Red Sox yes, yesterday. They, they rained out today, but uh, big time they scored 14 runs in the last two innings. You know the seventh and eighth to win. But um, the, the 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 thing with this is that I you know I follow guys like Nick Swisher to get a little bit of insight into what their lives are like. It's not real, but. Um, it's different when you're following a player versus when you're following a team, and the team then gives you benefit for being a fan like this. And loyalty is key. Loyalty is key. I love it. So that's the Deccan Chargers. It's a cricket team in India and in Hyderabad and uh, Mojo Street teaming up. It's a game. Go and uh, go and check that out. I, I like this play, and I know Asif does as well. Of course. It is. All right. Third story. This is big. This is big. It took. What was that stat that we saw? Uh, let me let me see if I can pull it up here I, in a second. Is that it? Didn't it take? It took uh, Instagram two and a half months to reach a million users. It took Facebook ten months to reach a million users, and it took this company Banjo nine months to reach a million users. So that's ahead of Facebook, and uh, kind of well behind uh, Instagram. But we all know that Instagram is uh, is a is a corner case. Uh, we're talking about Banjo. We're talking about uh, this company that is a location-aware um, social application along the lines of Highlight and Glancy, uh, but uh, cool. And, and Damien Patton is the CEO. And, and if you don't mind, I, I have a clip here of an interview that I did with Damien that he's just going to kind of go into the reason why he brought uh, or he, he invented and founded um, uh, Banjo. So if, if all works well, you'll be able to hear this. Yeah, let's, let's do this. Do it. Here it is. Here's Damien. Patton, the CEO of, uh, of Banjo, telling his story. Seeing a, problem, seeing a problem and finding a solution. That's how I started all my companies. Yeah. Um, and that's how Banjo began. I mean, I was at an airport uh, on the East Coast, and a good friend of mine who I'd served in Desert Storm with was in the same airport as me. I got home to Las Vegas. 
Uh, I checked my social network and realized that he happened to be in the same terminal as me at the same time. If I spent two hours there together, it uh, could, could have been back-to-back -back for all I know. But it frustrated me that someone I hadn't seen in years, because he lives in Texas, I live in, in Las Vegas, and we were both in Boston. And not only in Boston, but we were really close to one another, is that fragmentation of the social networks and mobile both it didn't allow us to be notified that one another was there. And so it was that night, literally, um, that I started programming what, what has become Banjo. I mean, it didn't begin life as Banjo, of course. Um, it began life as a, a set of ideas around technology uh, to build this connection engine, if you will, to connect humans and, and so we could interact better with one another. We didn't miss out on the important things of life. And that'll go, and we'll talk about it, go way beyond just you and I being able to meet when we're near one another. It's going to go into um, things that are important to us outside of human connection that we don't want to miss out on. And when we find out we missed out on an event, for example, we talked about um, uh, you're, you're a Bruce Springsteen fan. I hope I didn't let anything out of the bag. There. No, but, no, people uh, know. Trust me. <laughs> um, but imagine if you had been in Boston uh, like I was and when, when Bruce uh, played with the Dropkick Murphys. And imagine as you were walking by Fenway Park when they were playing at the House of Blues, your phone said to you, hey, Rob, Bruce is playing over there. That might have been important information for you to know. And if you had gone home and you got back to Ottawa and you read in your paper how he just played that night and you walked right down, yep. it would be a pretty big bummer, right? But anyway, so this, this is how Banjo came about. And, and, uh, and so to me, it was really uh, thinking about the idea of this lost human uh, connection um, how we've become so fragmented. We're all in uh, one social network or another, and then every time I join a new social network, I got to get all my friends to join, and which right. friends join which one and the other. I don't know. It's 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 it can be pretty overwhelming. Well, that um, so you know that's that's Damien um, uh, Patton, who is a remarkable guy. I implore you to go and take a listen to this interview. Just not not because I want to promote anything here, but simply because his story is so awesome. He's a two-time. Um, I think we've talked this. He's he's a he's a two-time Desert Storm vet. He's also was a chief mechanic at NASCAR, and he started this company. I mean, he's just a pretty remarkable guy. But the the story here mm -hmm. is they hit a million users, which is pretty amazing, isn't it, Steve? Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, to have that kind of growth, and I mean, you see the infographic there. Uh, you know, ahead of Facebook. The other thing too is, is I, you know, when I was at last time in, I was out in San Francisco, I went and, sat, and sat down with these guys, with with Damian, with Jennifer Peck, who runs marketing for them, and you know, we were talking, you know, a bit broader. And, and one of the interesting things about these guys is, is that um, you know, their 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 user base, these these million users, are, it's not just a North American thing. They have a high percentage of folks over in places like uh, Istanbul and Turkey and Rome uh, um, you know a big chunk of their user base is, is over in that part of the world too so I mean yeah they're a US company uh, but you know they're global uh, in scope and I think that's partly why they're growing so quickly is you know they're attractive you know across the board and when you look at that infographic too that in that bottom right section where you see the uh, the number of um, you know typical banjo, uh, banjo user and and the number of friends they have on Twitter and Facebook and other platforms, you see where Foursquare is. It's it's at the bottom, right? You know, it's interesting to see that you know people who use banjo have you know more Instagram uh, connections 
and they do Foursquare connections. And that just says to me that you know th there's a wider appeal here within the Banjo platform for how they use location. It's not just about check-ins and, and this kind of thing. You know, it, it's more of a you know I'll call it a location browser than it is a um, you know find you know finding uh, friends and recommendation engine like a highlight or a glancy or, or that kind of thing so you know this is more about you know I, I wrote a piece um, just the other day uh, and, uh, and and I call it it's, it kind of gives you this ability to eavesdrop on you know what's happening around uh, locations around the world um, you know that that that's for me what banjo is is this ability to kind of reach into any part of the globe at any time you know there's a crisis happening in Syria right now. Let's let's listen in on what's going on there from a, a location perspective. So anyhow, uh, uh, congratulations to them. You know, glad that they're uh, part of the LBMA and and you know expect more great things from them. You know, it's it's interesting because when uh, I was I was speaking to them, this is at the end of February. They're at about six hundred fifty thousand users. They were just launched version two point zero. They were growing at about a hundred thousand people a week, and and uh, obviously this thing just accelerated to over a million. Yeah, you know, there have been some detractors around this. We're big fans of Banjo, but uh, you know, the same thing about you remember that uh, what was that app, the uh, um, where the girls are. Uh, remember that app? A girl for me or something. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's been some concern around that. So obviously, privacy is always a key sure. when it comes to this thing, and and um, and they adhere to their own privacy uh, requirements. But you know, everybody who's out there using these services, you know, it's buyer beware. Um, you use these services, you check in with Foursquare, you check in with Twitter, you use Instagram, you use all these uh, services, Facebook. Um, you are, you know, broadcasting your location, and and it is part of an open API. That, that and it's all yeah, opt-in. It's all it opt-in. Yeah. Right. So, but I, I, uh, I, a big fan. So, congratulations to Banjo. And, I, and when you saw on that uh, that infographic, um, if I can pull it up here again, is that uh, I mean, what we're talking about here is um, uh, it took two and a half months for, uh, as I said, Instagram to get to um, a million user members. Uh, it took Banjo nine months, Facebook ten months, Path thirteen months, Foursquare sixteen months. Uh, Pinterest 20 months and Twitter 24 months so yeah. uh, pretty cool pretty cool on them and um, anyway yeah so uh, Banjo hits a million users pretty amazing love it story number four four yeah not eight four MasterCard is getting into the daily deals space with a company called Local Offer Network what is this? Are they, it strikes me as like they're so far behind, but uh, and are yeah, they doing this right? That was sort of my, yeah, that was my reaction. Uh, I mean, I love Local Offer Network. These are it's yet another Chicago deal uh, service, you know, like Groupon, um, but uh, you know, a little a little more um, you know oriented towards white labeling, which is obviously why they're partnering with uh, with Mastercard here. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's a little, you know, too little, too late uh, in the case of these guys, and I don't understand why we have to go out and at this sort of uh, stage in in the evolution of of, uh, of the daily deal space, why we got to go and do yet another one. You know, I much prefer, honestly, what Amex is doing in partnering with Twitter and Foursquare and simply, you know, associating their card on back end to, uh, you know, to existing 
platforms. Let's call it that. Um, you know, I, I think that's a much cleaner, much easier uh, way to participate in, 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 you know, sort of the deal special uh, space. So uh, I'm a bit confused by this one as I was with the, the uh, AT&T one. So MasterCard, call me. We want to know more. Fill us in. That. I like that. Uh, you know, uh, it, uh, the other thing that they didn't mention in the announcements that I read, at least, were was the was the tie-in, was the seamless tie-in to the deals, like automatic discounts or, or along those lines when you when you purchase, so you don't even have to worry about coupons and those kind of things. So, yeah, I, I didn't see that, and it seems logical that that's what they would be doing right away. Is that you would just kind of get your statement and would say, look, you know, oh, you got twenty five percent discount because it's a partner or Mastercard or or it's there's a daily deal here or something to that extent. Yeah, and that could be, but it wasn't explained no. that way to me. I mean, uh, that's not what I saw in there. I just, you know, and how do you, you know, how do you know what what partners, what retailers are are part of this thing? So you know you're getting a deal, or or that you just see the deal materialize on your statement after the fact. I don't I don't know. Um, it's a little confusing. Here, a question about these things is that: Do you think that these credit cards, like, like you know, American Express is doing this with everybody? They, they're basically uh, they're working with every yep. company they can. Um, but do you see the like, like we've talked about carriers owning the customer and carriers owning location and 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 really, uh, you know, we're just waiting for them to really start to dominate. Mm -hmm. um, do you see that the the credit card companies just? I think we've talked about this many times before, but you you, you got to see the credit card companies eventually just owning the space and saying, "Groupon, you're done. Living Social, you're done, or you're 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 just sequestered over to um, to Amazon." And then like Wagjag, you're done. You Swarm Jam, you're done. At some point, the credit cards yeah. just step in and and own this market. Well. Uh... I, I think if you want to survive, and you're one of the, any one of those guys you've just mentioned, you have to connect to a credit card. I mean, there's there's no way that you can continue to do it on your own. Um, you've got to have integrated, you know, payments. You got to simplify the process for the consumer, uh, or on the redemption side, which is obviously what you know Foursquare and Amex and Twitter and Amex have been doing, and I love it. We've talked about it before. Um, you know, I think MasterCard should be doing it. Capital One should be doing it. All these guys should be all over this with their existing merchant networks. Um, you know, you know, and, and and if they do it the right way, they don't need Groupon or Living Social, as, as you're alluding to, right? So I think if you're if you are Groupon or Living Social or whoever, you need to be, uh, you know, reaching out um, and uh, and making those calls and 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 partnering now. So anyhow, we'll. We, I need more explanation on this MasterCard local offer network thing. I, it, it's not clear to me or you know to the consumer. I don't think it, what they're doing here. No, no. Clearly, we don't know what they're doing. And uh, I, I'm with you. Is that um, it, it might be time for these credit card companies to just go instead of building their own, either integrate into somebody else's, make some money off of that network, create awareness for their for their uh, for their customers that way, or just go buy one of these things. Stop reinventing this yeah. every it, time, man. Yeah, I mean, and remember, local offer network. The, the 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 partner in this is a deal aggregator, right? So you know, and and I won't you know sit here and say I know what what deals are aggregating. I assume they're pulling Groupon deals in and and others and putting all those into a sort of one spot, you know. And does that mean when I buy one of those deals through this aggregator, you know, to pay for it, you know, the discount comes off there? I don't know. It's it, it wasn't it wasn't verbalized that way, so. Lots of questions, very little answers. Please call us. We need more. Please call us. Okay.
Yes. Well, that's that's the fourth story. Mastercard uh, launching their daily deals with uh, local uh, local offer network. I mean, maybe local offer network is a, a, an acquisition target for Mastercard. Who knows, right? Who knows? Could be. Could start be. spreading some rumors. <sighs> what up? All right. Last story here before we we dive into our interview, uh, which is uh, Yuri Engstrom of Ditto from a, an interview that I did uh, prior to his being acquired by Groupon. Um, Pizza Hut. Boston Market partnering with Front Flip. I've got a video clip. Man, I love these video clips. The fact that I can do this and bring this to you. Uh, it might not be great for you guys that are listening, but this might give you incentive to either jump on. Yeah, let's, let's set it up and then, uh, and then yeah, we'll play sure. the video. So let's talk about this. Go ahead. Yeah, so this this is a uh, Front, Front Flip uh, awesome company. I mean, a fantastic little product here. It's all about building loyalty uh, you know, for your retail or your, your restaurant business. Um, and Quite simply, what this is is the creation of a virtual scratch card uh, on your mobile device through through an app that Front Flip has. Uh, and so, you know, a Pizza Hut or a Boston Market in this particular case, you know, you sign up with these guys, you create little offers, you know, like a little scratch card, and we'll show the video in a second. And you just you, you scratch your mobile phone just like this, touch screen, and you you win a you know two for one appetizer or whatever you know the you know the uh, the chain decides to to make available. And what I love about these guys is is that you know they get it. It's so simple. It's so easy. Sean Beckner, who's the CEO, met this guy. Um, they had a little booth at uh, Consumer Engagement Technology World where I was. And you know the, from the minute I walked by and saw these guys, like I couldn't stop bringing potential customers to them. You know, they're, I, I know they're traveling with Applebee's. They've done stuff with Yogurtini, which is what you're going to show right now. Um, you know, go ahead, show the video. I, lo I just love, I love front flip. Steve, uh, you got, it sounds like you're a big fan of these guys, buddy. Yeah, man. All right, let me roll this clip, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll flip, see what it's like on the flip side here. Here is a Yogurtini. All right, here. There's no confusion here, right? It's very simple. Here it is. Yogurtini is a self-serve frozen yogurt shop with several different flavors of yogurt as well as a large spread of toppings that people can choose from and make themselves a dessert. I love Front Flip. Front Flip is a positive experience for the customers and it's also easy to use. Front Flip is way easier than a coupon because coupons you have to take it out the newspaper, bring it up to the cashier lady or man, and it just takes up a lot of time. With Front Flip you just show them your phone and it's over and easy. Business is up because of Front Flip because the everyday customers that come in are tempted to come in more often and on top of that they may even get more. What has also been neat about it, our Front Flip users are bringing in their friends, and their friends are also accessing Front Flip. I'm getting something to come here, so I'm probably going to come more than I usually do. Front Flip was amazing. I got free yogurt, and that just makes the whole experience better. Front Flip has been a win-win situation for both our business and our customers. We love it. And that is front flip. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, again, it's so simple. It's so easy. You know, I, I know these guys are going to be successful, not just in the restaurant industry, retail as well. Uh, it just makes sense. But I mean, restaurants an easy one. You know, you're so used to having those those scratch cards, anyways, in in this sort of pr traditional print form. 
why not make them mobile? So what is it, uh, you know, obviously w one of the coolest things about this is the fact that uh, you saw it, for those of you who didn't get to see it, uh, you would have seen it literally, uh, it's a QR code scanner, it pops up with a scratch, like literally you use your finger and scratch off the top and it gives you discounts at, uh, at product, uh, and, and this time it was Yogurtini. Um, you know, this, it does have wide, uh, wide appeal, obviously, but, but what was it that struck you with it? Why were you bringing customers to their booth? <laughs> You, you know, again, it, it, for, for me, you know, I, I see a lot of stuff, as, as do you, and, you know, whenever I see something that is just so simple, it's so easy to deploy, you know, it, it's not, it, you know, it's not super expensive or anything like that, you know, from, from the merchant's perspective to, to put it in place. You know, it just makes sense, right? You know, try this thing out. You know, you're already doing this anyways. Create a, a digital engagement. You can control on the back end. There's a whole portal on this thing. You can control the frequency and the size of deals. And you know, you as a merchant or, or restaurateur, you log in, you, you set up your own stuff. There's all kinds of great reporting. So you're you're getting all of that, right? As opposed to you know, handed out you know, a stack of print you know scratch off cards. Um, you know, you have all this data, and you have data about you know the user's demographic as well so that you can't get the other way so it's just you know there's a lot of value add that they're bringing to the table so anyhow I'll stop talking about these guys now because uh, <laughs> they're not paying I see so. I see if has a man crush on front flip go to frontflip.com yeah go to frontflip.com and, and take a look at what they've got and and you'll for those of you who have uh, who didn't get a chance to see the video that we just played you heard it just uh, it's it's there on, on front flip it's pretty cool um, I, I like the simplicity. I love the simple technology. I'm a simple guy. I guess so, so is the same. Hey. That's, that's what Apparently. we have in common. Uh, there Those you go. Those are the five stories that we think were important this past week when it came to, uh, you know, brought to you by Asif, when it came to the location-based um, marketing world. Uh, what do you think? Did we miss anything? Reach out. Let us know. Untetheredgmail.com or Asif at the LBMA.com. And by the way, I want to thank everybody who is out there pushing out Twitter posts uh, and um, looking forward to these uh, these uh, podcasts. So pull up a, a Twitter uh, post a little later on in the episode, and we'll show you exactly what I mean by that. So we really appreciate uh, you guys doing that. So let us know. Are we on the right track here? We love it. Episode number 74. I can't believe it. So uh, before we get into our funding and M&A uh, portion of this, we thought it would be appropriate to play back um, a, a, a just a, a small segment of a, an interview that I did with Ditto founder Yuri Engstrom, um, who who's also, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a well decorated founder, um, uh, and he's been. This is his second exit. He was just bought by Groupon. We'll talk about that on the flip side. But it would be, it's very interesting to hear his perspective of what Ditto is, and that's what this is. So we're going to give you three or four or five minutes of of Yuri. We're going to come back on the flip side and talk about the acquisition uh, by Groupon. So he, here yeah. is uh, is Yuri Engelstrom of, uh, of Ditto. Enjoy. Craving for something to go beyond the check-in. Check-in is not the end of the line. So, uh, And then GigaOM, good friends over GigaOM, says that Ditto is part of a larger shift in the location game as startups look to help users figure out where to go with personalized recommendations or so recommendation engine. So I love this beyond the check-in recommendations where should I go predictive preemptive Yuri fill in the blanks what what does ditto do sure Rob so um, for those of you who have an iPhone um, ditto is available in the App Store so you feel free to check it out yourself um, sites over at ditto.me ditto me and uh, 
So I'm actually, uh, one can say a second time entrepreneur. So I, the, my previous company was called Jaiku, which was, for those of you who were active online at the time, I remember sort of like a, a very similar to Twitter. And uh, we were acquired by Google back in 2007, and then I worked at Google for a few years. And, and after I left Google, founded Ditto. And, and the idea for Ditto really emerged out of what I saw happening with, with Jaiku. And, and then later at Google. Um, basically, um, search or discovery, as I'd like to prefer to call it, um, is clearly going social. And social, on the other hand, is going mobile. So it seemed logical if one was to kind of address this question of how do people discover new things to start in a social way, um, you know, to start with these devices and what you could build for, for a phone. And, and that's really where, where, where Ditto kind of comes in, because um, on Ditto, um, you have to announce your intent to do things. So uh, let me see if I can actually get this UI to show yeah, here. It's, it so, looks good. So this is kind of four squares in the sense that you have, you have a range of these activities that you can announce that you're doing. For instance, let's say, uh, let's, let's assume that you want to do coffee. And... Uh, what you can do then is you can either define, let's say that you're heading out to a particular coffee shop nearby. Um, you know, you can just notice I'm doing this all, everything by tapping here. I'm yes. not needing to type anything. So it's kind of optimized for the touch screen. So what I'll do is I can, you know, tell people, oh, I'm heading over to, um, for instance, here's the coffee shops next door here. And in fact, you know, a couple of those have been favorited by a bunch of my friends. So this is a way of kind of quickly getting, you know, social suggestions, recommendations about what's happening nearby. But it, and it might be that I choose one of them. But actually, an easier way is just to say I haven't decided where I'm going yet, and just tap send without having to type anything. And then this message now gets pushed out to all my friends around me. So. Um, Again, very easy way to announce your intent to do something. And what we're doing here is then allowing people to respond to that message um, by saying something like, I'm just going to reply to it myself here, just show this quickly, where I can now reply to my friends by giving them a recommendation. I'm just going to recommend something back to myself here to make it quicker. I'm yep. not even going to bother typing anything again and saying, Blue Bottle Coffee Kiosk, which is actually, by the way, if you're ever visiting San Francisco, Rob, an excellent place to get a, get a cappuccino or an espresso. So here you see how, you know, I was able to just do something quite meaningful, you know, give somebody a recommendation back um, ad hoc um, without having to type anything. And this is where I, where I believe this is going. So here, actually, I'll, I'll show you uh, another thread that seems to be just there something that happened where a friend of mine, Trevor Cornwall over in Palo Alto, where I used to live, said he was, he was heading out, out with his kids and he was going to buy some shoes. And I happened to have lived um, in Palo Alto, so I knew a great kid's shoe store. Um, and I was able to tell him, well, you know, good stuff in Howard Shoes, go check it out. And he actually went in and he seems to have bought something there. And, and he's also given me, notice this little trophy here, it says yeah. thanks. Yep. Um, and that's a way on Ditto to give users what I guess could be called karma for the geeks out there who remember things like 
you know, uh, all these karma systems so, yeah. or accelerating. It's a kind of way to, um, you know, show credibility. So if, some, if you get a recommendation from uh, a friend, you know who they are. But if you look at the public stream of activities, you can also respond to complete strangers um, who may have chosen to post something publicly. Because it could be, I don't know, like, you know, frankly, if I visit Ottawa, you'd be my only friend in Ottawa, Rob. And it could be that you don't happen to be online when I'm looking for a coffee shop, so I'd post it publicly and hope that somebody nearby who knows the neighborhood um, could respond to me, even if I don't know who they are. So this is a way, and on Ditto, um, of, we're trying to generalize this across what I call all social objects. So not just coffee shops, not just locations, but also doing it for other things. For instance, um, you can you can do this on Ditto for movies. So we have again. I'm trying to show this UI here. I apologize if it's not really showing, but here I'm saying, and I'm actually planning to see a movie later tonight, and I haven't decided what I'm going to see yet. Um, but what I'm doing now is I'm checking what's playing nearby me tonight. Um, we're actually using the uh, same database that, for instance, uh, if you if you use Google Movies, yeah. Um, you know, and you can see what's playing nearby me tonight. And uh, again, using the same logic here, I could choose to say, well, you know, I want to go see Hannah, which is actually I'm finished, so it it opens up without I've seen the trailer online, and it opens up with a, a plot about, you know this kid living in the backwoods in Finland. So I'm thinking I might go see that. But for instance, I'll tell you a story. What happened last week was I said I was going to go see Source Code, another movie. And then somebody actually replied to me and said, oh, don't go see Source Code. I just saw it, and it, it sucked. Um, and then someone else said, you should go and see this other movie, Win Win, instead. And I actually ended up altering my decision based, based on, on this, this conversation. So um, I believe in the power of combining both this future-oriented announcing your intent together with algorithmic recommendations as well as these real-time recommendations coming from your social network. Because I believe that what you end up with is something that's an extremely useful way for people um, to not just check in, which typically happens when you're already somewhere. You know, even if you get a pushed a deal about something that's happening across the street, what are your chances of getting up at that point and walking across the street? are fairly low. So but silly. when you do it before people are actually there, or before they've actually you know, gone to see the movie, even if they think they know what they want, their friends still get an opportunity to you know, give them that advice. So it's about helping people help each other, which I think really is you know, at the core of the, you know, the power of the social web. Wow, that's Yuri. Uh, you know, the, the full interview is up on, on Tether. It was a real pleasure to sit with Yuri uh, because he's the founder, as you heard, as you will know in a second, of, uh, of, of Ditto. But he's also the founder of uh, Jaiku and a bunch of other uh, technologies. Jaiku was bought by Google. So he's had some, a number of exits. He's a guy that we should be listening to. And now he is part of the Groupon team. And I reached out to him to congratulate him. And uh, I, I expect some great things to come uh, from the, their acquisition. It's a great talent that they've bought. They did say that they were going to be shutting down um, Ditto on April 30th and, and uh, launching something unique within Groupon. What do you think of this buy, Asif? Um. I think it's a good move for Groupon. I mean, I, th I think, you know, they, they described it as, as you alluded to, this is uh, for them, they said a talent acquisition primarily and, and the Ditto services is, is going to be no longer. But when you think about Groupon, you think about, you know, the kinds of deals that they have. A lot of it is, you know, restaurants and, and food uh, stuff. 
Um, you know, and, and really that, you know, the ditto service, you know, as it's still operating for the next couple of weeks anyways, is, uh, you know, was really about connecting users together with common interests right, around food or entertainment. So, um, you know, so from that perspective, I, you know, I think this, this sort of potential to add to Groupon a, a, um, a social sharing, uh, you know, a, you know, location sharing piece uh, to kind of bolster what they're doing, because I don't think Groupon now is, is is has been all that effective. I mean, I haven't seen any any specific numbers on it, but I don't hear anybody talking about it really. You know, um, I haven't seen you know haven't seen any any great buzz around Groupon now. Um, and so, if potentially that's the the angle that they're going down, um, that they're gonna you know layer this kind of you know find other people around you that you know might want to take advantage of deals uh, or or have common interest and and do event you know do uh, do group buying or, or or around food or entertainment which is the the you know the piece that ditto specializes in to me that makes some sense um, so so I could see some value there for groupon and uh, you know who knows? Who knows what the new product is that they're going to announce or the new the new spin? That's pure speculation on my part, but uh, definitely I see value there. Yeah, well, when you can acquire these kind of this kind of talent, this kind of engineering, small team. Um, but uh, you're right, and I think this is signifying Groupon looking for ways to diversify their uh, their current business because they realize that you know hopefully somebody does you know there's some investigations uh, in the U.S. Um, around some legal and, and or some financial stuff that's going on in Groupon. Tough, tough man. Tough, tough, tough. I think that they've finally realized, uh, and, and uh, this is this is quite a knock against Groupon that this is the world's biggest Ponzi scheme. We're gonna we're gonna find that out. Anybody who takes a billion dollars mm. in financing and takes ninety percent of that into the founders' pockets, I call horseshit. But uh, you know, yep. I, I like Yuri and I like what uh, what Ditto brought. So hopefully, there's a there's a good future for them out of jail for for the for the executives over at uh, at Groupon. So Groupon yeah. acquires Ditto. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Yuri didn't agree to become a director of the no, company. No, so. no, thank God. And hopefully, uh, you know, yeah. my hope is that he got paid in cash, just like all the other uh, vendors, the you know, the one-offs <laughs> that, that use Groupon. Not a big fan of that company at all. We're going to wake up one day and you will rue the day. You will say, listen, hey, you know what? Woodbridge is right, man. This is just a coupon company. How the hell did we get in this? It's yeah. just coupons, man. And maybe this is them diversifying. And all the best to Yuri. Um, I really like him. I like Ditto. I enjoyed our conversation. Go find it on untether.tv. Second story. Path. Path. Those guys. You know, I, I was so damn sure that they would have been acquired by Google by now. But they aren't. Path raising $30 million. Which is a huge chunk of change. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, and uh, it was interesting. I read a story and they said, you know, this this is the hunt for the next Instagram and um, is how they describe path. And, um, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm surprised path is still, is still kicking on its own uh, and hasn't been picked up already. You know, these are guys that, you know, launched with big fanfare grew really, really quickly. Um, you know, we talked about them earlier, not as quickly as banjo, but, uh, but, but, but quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing for them, I mean, they, you know, they, they got in a lot of trouble, uh, early on in terms of once people figured out the, uh, how they were growing so quickly because they were, uh, you know, if you use path, they tapped right into your, uh, address book and, uh, and start broadcasting to, uh, you know, everybody in your contact database, uh, to try and, uh, and build connections. And that was a no, no, um, 
you know, so, you know, despite all that, they're still kicking. Uh, they just took in 30 million from, uh, you know, some big, some big people, Greylock, uh, Redpoint Ventures, um, apparently even, uh, Sir Richard Branson yes. is, uh, is involved in, in this, in this deal as well. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, um, you know, well, I, I doubt they'll be around a year from now. That's that's my feeling is that uh, I'm so surprised. Like this is this is a natural fit. Um, you know when when Instagram was picked up by Facebook, uh, Path is basically Dave Morin, who is the uh, who comes from the Facebook team, one of the uh, one of the early guys in Facebook. Um, this is a this is a real um, great mobile version of what Facebook should be. It's better than it's a better fit. It's a better marriage than Instagram is for Facebook. And just simply because it mimics, mm. it, it's the way that the mobile experience should be on uh, on Facebook. Facebook's mobile experience is terrible. We all, everybody just accepts it uh, and we carry on. But what ends up here is that, uh, you know, th there's an interesting play here uh, for these guys because I, I believe that you're right. This is a $30 million investment. Uh, this company won't be around in a year from now. Google will buy these guys because it's a fit for, the, for Google. Uh, and Google's mobile version is terrible. Google Plus is floundering and maybe this is what will will prop it up and google is in uh, what i think is in a little bit of trouble around their service offering they, they have android but they have no way of making money off of this and search the search business is changing but mm. redpoint ventures uh, i'm going to read this so pardon my profile here um but they said that they 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 there's a, a post that they have here and i'll pull it up here it says why we let an investment in path and they say they're super excited to announce that they led the investment in path is 30 million dollars um, they were struck by the combination of audacious uh, uh, vision, intellect, product sense, leadership, humor, and modesty of Dave Morin and the design brilliance that Dustin Miro uh, brings to path. They just knew that, it had to be, that this was a business that they had to be a part of, whatever that was. So they paid a hefty price, and uh, $30 million is what they put into it. And as you said, yeah, Richard Branson and some of the biggest investors, uh, I mean, Kleiner's in there, and yeah. so is, uh, you know, uh, they, they got some pedigree. What have they raised? Like a hundred and something million dollars, hundred and twelve million dollars, something like that. No, I don't. I don't think it's that okay. much. They they had only raised eleven eleven point two before. Okay, so yeah, all right. Well, this is a Series B at thirty million. Yeah, the, the valuation on that on the thirty is uh, two hundred and fifty million. Yeah. Well, you know what? Two hundred. You know, a a billion is the new asking price. Yeah, apparently, apparently, apparently it was two billion. You read that story. Yeah, well, the next one is four oh, yeah. billion. Exactly. So. <laughs> See, sequentially, this just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Nobody's buying yeah. Square, but that's our. Th we just keep adding um, more billions. So it's here we go. It's ridiculous when we're talking about this much money. But Square seeking to raise two hundred fifty million dollars at a four billion dollar valuation. Yeah. Now this is an interesting play. Four billion bucks. That's a valuation. Though. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, but this is up from a billion dollars ten months ago. That's what their valuation was. Their their last raise, a hundred million dollars at a one billion dollar valuation, and everybody thought that was high. Now four billion dollars. What do you think of this, Asif? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know what I think. I think the numbers are are, are way out of whack. Um, you know, and, and when you think about Square, I mean, the guys. I mean, I'm not knocking this technology. I love Square as a as a payment vehicle for merchants Absolutely. and disintermediating, dis you know the uh, you know the enormous fees that uh, that merchants have been forced to pay over the years. So, I love technology like this. I love Square, PayFirma, iZettle, all these guys. Right? I love it. Love it. Love it. The valuation is killing me. Um, you know, and I know what they're basing this on. They're basically coming and saying, look. 
you know, we're doing, I think they process, where's the numbers here? Uh, sorry, I'm looking down for a second. Um, they processed $4, million, $4 billion in transactions last year. So they got money flowing through. I mean, they're, they're, they're swiping a lot of cards through Square devices, $4 billion worth of transactions. But most of that is not retained revenue. I mean, they're not holding those earnings. Most of that's going through the credit card companies anyways. Um, so I don't know how you can say that we have a $4 billion valuation when, you know, the bulk of that $4 billion in, in fees you're processing, uh, it, it, you're handing over to somebody else. Totally agree. Totally agree. We both love this company uh, because it democratizes credit card transactions, right? Yeah. It brings it down to the small and medium-sized enterprises. You don't need a merchant account. You don't need all that garbage. And they have gone out. They have allowed you to do cash registers through the iPad. They've given you uh, e-wallet uh, and some really innovative and unique services through uh, through smartphones. But you're right. Yep. You're, this 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 valuation is very high, and you're just riding a wave. And uh, when when you start to when when people rationalize this, and, and this is why I love this. I'm going to pull up an article uh, from All Things D. Trisha Dury Dury. So sorry, Trisha, <laughs> that I that I probably got that wrong. Um, she takes a swipe at this as well, really basically says, listen, you're crazy. And her argument here is that she did a back-of-the-envelope calculation of revenue at $122 million. This is based on the number of transactions, the transaction fees, and being a little yeah. bit lenient around the dollars, $122 million. She says that this is in line with um, PayPal's revenue when they were bought by eBay. Uh, they were about uh, 800 million. Uh, they they bought it for 1.5 billion dollars in 2002, and uh, so you know even by those terms, that was a lot of money. Um, but there's mm -hmm. nothing that justifies a four billion dollar valuation. Nothing whatsoever. And I think what's great about this is that they are out there searching for this, and they haven't closed it. So I think that people are kind of giving some pause around the valuation of this. I love the service. I love the company. But Mike, come on. Four billion dollars, especially like, you know, this is a company that was uh, started by um, uh, the co-founder of uh, of Twitter as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Jack so Dorsey. Dorsey is he even involved in this? Because he's co CEO, he's CEO of two companies at the yeah. same time. CEO of yeah. companies like that. That that you know, as a guy that that I, I suppose if you can you can be that flexible with this, then either way, he's going to be one of the most the wealthiest guys on the planet should anything happen with either of these companies. So Square seeking $250 million at a $4 billion valuation, still seeking, still looking, desperately seeking Susan here, trying to find some money. Hopefully these things come down, right? Hopefully pe yeah. people realize this because uh billion dollars for Instagram, a $250 million valuation for Path, $4 billion valuation for something like Square. You know, these are great companies, but my God, they're not worth that much money. And especially, like they're getting to the point where even Apple couldn't buy them right. anymore. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> Apple, Apple can buy each and every one of us. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Anyways, all right. So, so those are the funding stories: Groupon acquiring Ditto, uh, Path uh, raising thirty million dollars, and you've got you've got poor little Square out there trying to raise two hundred fifty mil at a four billion dollar valuation. Did we miss anything? Please let us know on tether at gmail.com or uh, asif at the lbma.com. Let's finish off with our resource, which is a pretty cool, cool, cool thing. This is mapping Foursquare data. What What is this, Asif? Yeah, it's really interesting. So, I mean, obviously, 
you know, the Foursquare API allows you to suck, you know, a lot of data out of it. Um, but it's not very often that we see somebody take that data and, you know, visualize it on a map and kind of lay it out and, and, and help us actually do something useful with it. So there's this uh, group called Livehoods, uh, L-I-V-E-H-O-O-D-S, and we'll throw it up here so you can actually see this visualization. Um, but they basically, you know, take that data, plot it on a map. Uh, the example that we're showing you here is Manhattan. Um, and it basically helps you to understand the flow of people and, you know, what, what are the hot spots, what neighborhoods are hot, you know, what particular categories and bars and, and this kind of stuff. Uh, and then it can also show you similar neighborhoods and other uh, areas that, you know, might be of equal interest to you if, if you're part of this data set. So it's kind of interesting. And, you know, it's all about, you know, you know, creatively displaying and using the data to make, you know, more informed decisions. And, it, and I like it. You know, I think, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, they say, right? So, you know, I, th I think this is, you know, it's one thing to get a recommendation, you know, coming out of, you know, a recommendation engine in the app itself to say, Oh, you know, you went to this place, your friends went here, you might like this this restaurant. It's another thing to actually go to a site and visually see, you know, likes and, and interests, uh, you know, mapped out this way. So I really like this. I think we need more of this kind of uh, visualization of data. You know, um, it reminds me of Fourscore. Remember that? You yes. Know, uh, this is this is yes. much richer in the in the amount of data that we get from this because it just shows you kind of like uh, you know things around the composition of the people that are using this the age category. I mean, it's pretty awesome. How many times you know where the frequency? Like I'm pulling this up right now, but if if you kind of look over where the red bars are, you'll see um, the activity on the days of the week, and it shows you what are busier, what are what are quieter days. Um, and I think that these kind of just that kind of stuff really does. Um, this yeah. is the, the richness of this data. Um, I'm a data geek. I love this stuff, and it's it's what they call data porn. It is just incredible the amount of uh, insight you can get out of this. So I love this. Go and check it out at, at livehoods.org. Livehoods, h o o d s dot org, and prepare to be. You, you're going to lose time when when Asif sent this out. I just I lost oh, a half a day. It's amazing. It's amazing, and and you can uh, you know you, you go to that site. And uh, you know it's fully interactive. You can you can scale the whole thing and just you know do your usual you know sort of if you, if you're used to the touch phone you know dragging the fingers back and forth. You can do all of that and drill into a certain uh, piece of the city and 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 kind of like really focus on the data and understand you know popular places, unique things to do, all those kinds of interesting stuff. So it's really cool. Anyhow, livehoods, great job, guys. It's very cool. It's very 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 cool. All right, Asif Khan. What have we got? That's it. We got nothing left. That's it. Do we? We are done. Now, all we got to do now is uh, put this to bed and go prepare for our, our uh, I don't know, what, what do we call it? Three quarters of a century episode next week. 75. 75. Yeah, this is when I'm going to start smoking this episode. I pick up the habit again. <laughs> I do I do want to uh, call out right before we finish here. Uh, we, I got this great uh, tweet from Ali Shaw at Webstar Research. Yes. It says, I can't think of a better way to start off the week than by listening to at Untether and at Asifar Khan dual that out on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Uh, mobile awesomeness. Ali, you our, our caller of the week, buddy. We really appreciate that. That go. is, uh, come on. I love that. Ali Shaw. Everybody should follow Ali Shaw. Okay? Just do it. I'm going to pull up. There it is right there. Uh, Webstar Research. At Webstar Research. Thank you, Ali. Really appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Keep those. Keep that stuff coming. We really like that kind of feedback, especially the good stuff. As I said, bad feedback over here. 
Steve at the LDMA. Good feedback. Gumsantenna at gmail.com. Right. Right. And that's it. We will be back next week for episode number 75, as we always are. Uh, episode number 75. So until then, if you have any stories that you'd like us to cover, if you're a company that would like to be on the show, if you would like to defend something that we have mentioned in this or, or argue about something that we've mentioned in this, reach out on tethergmail.com, cfatthelbma.com. We'd love to hear this kind of stuff. And it's happened already. We love this. So please reach out. Um, but if uh, you know, if not, we're just going to keep bringing these great stories to you each and every week and uh, about this great industry that is growing at insane rates and insane valuations as we have just seen. So... Yeah, and, you know, and, and just to you know reinforce what Rob just said. I mean, if, if there's something that we're confused about, we got it wrong, whatever, you know, let us know. And you know, it, it happened this week, and and you know, we uh, we, get, we were contacted by uh, the folks at at, uh, at Quantum Cards, you know, uh, to further clarify. And you know, and, and we'll uh, you know, we're happy to get get you on here and and uh, and let you tell it uh, in your own words. So yeah, please do. We are conversation starters. That's what we do here. We just just bring it it to the forefront and uh, we'll let you guys stir it up. Exactly. So until episode number 75, well, we will continue to stir this up. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next time on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Have a great week, Asif. You too, Rob. Cheers.